Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Crowns and thrones may perish, kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. It's because he gives us his armor to wear, and that's the scriptures we get to think about today as we are covering the topic, spiritual warfare, based on scriptures from Ephesians 6, starting at the 10th verse. And as we're thinking about spiritual warfare, how about this illustration from a different war? Some call it the Civil War. Others call it the War Between the States. Others call it the War of Northern Aggression. You know what I'm talking about, though. And on that battlefield, the historian relates this story, that a soldier got wounded by a bullet in the arm, and he scrambled to go find his commanding officer to learn what to do. And the commanding officer shouted as bullets are flying, Go to the rear guard so you can recover. But the soldier shouted back, No, Captain, give me a gun. Ain't no rear guard in this fight. Okay, so that was a story of one thing that happened in the 1860s on a battlefield somewhere in the U.S. But did you know that also is a good picture of what happened to you yesterday? The day before? The day before that? Me too? And what will happen to each one of us today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that? Because we are in a battle called spiritual warfare, the battle for the soul. Your soul. And as we are thinking about that battle, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is that within you, a Christian, there is a part of you that loves Jesus with all your heart and is fueled relentlessly by his powerful holy word. The bad news is that there is also a part of you that loves to sin and hates anything Jesus would say. There's a part of you that believes lies and is fueled by the lies of Satan that are also relentless and invasive. Ain't no rear guard in this fight, is there? That's what makes scriptures like these so important to think about, to take to heart, and to hold fast to at all times. We begin with Ephesians 6, verse 10, as we start today by examining our enemy, and then we're going to examine the armor we have, and finally we're going to examine what someone wearing that armor looks like. What is the enemy and his description? Verse 10. Finally, 
Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let's step back for a second and examine this enemy that each of us had yesterday, has today, and will have tomorrow, every day for the rest of our lives. The scripture says, take your stand against schemes. How do you do that? How do you take a stand against a a scheme? In the Greek word, in the original language of the Bible, translated schemes also carries with it the flavor cunning, trickery, deception. The devil is full of lies. He's the father of lies. But sometimes, sadly many times, his lies sound like truth that tastes good. That's a big scheme, isn't it? Some of his schemes look like this. Hey, sin is no big deal. Everybody does it. Nobody's perfect. It's small. And by the way, most of the time, I mean, can you even really call it a sin? And by the way, most of the time, you're not hurting anybody, anybody, anybody but yourself anyhow. Satan makes sin seem so small before you fall. But then, after you fall, how could you? You are so shameful. You are so embarrassing. You are so racked with guilt. There is no hope. You're sliding further and further down into the pit. And God would never, ever love someone like you doing things like that. So the scheme is before you sin, it seems small and harmless. But then after you sin, it seems unforgivable, no more hope. Another scheme is that the sin will provide happiness. Yeah, lust. Yeah, greed, more money, that'll make you happy too. Boss people around, tell them who's in charge and that will make you happy when they have to do what you say. Win that argument every time. Does that really make you happy though? When you do those things? When you gossip about others to one-up them? When you hold the grudges to make sure they know who's in charge right now? It does not ever make us happy. It does not promise the happiness Satan schemes to tell us that it should promise. Another scheme, we look into the world, we see all kinds of chaos, it's not hard to find. And the whisper is, God's not in control right now. And he's never going to be in control. Either that, or if you actually believe he's in control, he's obviously pretty powerless and pretty unloving. 
If things like this are happening out there and even problems like that are touching your life, it's all a ruse. It's all a scheme. Too often, we fall for it. Because you know why? Maybe the biggest scheme of all is this. As a follow that word bad enough, the biggest scheme of all is that Satan schemes to help us forget he's the real enemy. Doing a little research yesterday, a quick Google search, less than five minutes, I found three different polls, and each one listed between 40 and 50% from the last 10 years of Americans who say, I don't believe in the devil at all. Huh. I'm not saying that as any of us. I think we all do believe in the devil. But if half of those in our land don't even think he exists, and then if the other half, people like us who do believe that he exists, but forget that he's the real enemy, wow, he gets a lot of work done with that scheme leading us to fight the wrong battle against the wrong enemy. When that happens, everybody loses. For example, let's just take an example from marriage. There's a husband, there's a wife, they're having a rocky time, they're fighting with each other. The husband keeps blaming the wife, the wife keeps blaming the husband. Neither of them are blaming the devil as the one who's behind it all. And so instead of saying, the devil's trying to rip our marriage apart. Let's fight against him. How do we do that? They keep on destroying and devouring each other, and nobody wins except the schemer, Satan. We've fallen too many times for his lies. Too many times we have not stood up against the devil's multiple schemes. And that's what makes scriptures like this all the more important. Fueled by the devil's schemes, falling way too often, watching others fall as well, helps us say, I need to reboot. I need to put that armor back on. So let's analyze the armor God has given us to wear, shall we? Verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. In that last part, the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote this. 
And so that's why he is describing himself as an ambassador in chains. And maybe he was standing there in the jail. Probably he was standing there in the jail staring at a Roman soldier, armor of God. But he wasn't broken, was he? He wasn't falling for the devil's schemes. He knew he had the armor of God to wear, which all is based on the full, free forgiveness and finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Rejoice, dear Christian, and be bolstered because the armor of God that you are wearing is the exact same armor that Jesus himself wore when he was on earth, fighting the devil at every turn, destroying the schemes when those arrows came his way, he turned them into feathers. Jesus never fell for that lie that sin is small. He never fell for that scheme that the devil isn't real. He never thought for one single second that he was helpless and couldn't do anything except follow temptation and hope for the best. Jesus finished the work that provides you and me with armor And let's take a look at all these pieces of armor and how they all go back to the fact that our sin is transferred to His cross and His forgiveness is transferred back to us in return. The belt of truth. That's the truth, isn't it? Not these lies and schemes. The truth is Jesus has already finished the work of forgiving all of our sin. The breastplate of righteousness. That's another word for perfection. That's what we're wearing. The perfection of Christ. Our standing with God is not dependent on how well we fight temptation. Our standing with God is dependent on how well Jesus already fought temptation. And He did it perfectly. He did it righteously. And He gives us that armor to wear all the time. Our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You always have something to say. You always have a purpose in life because you have the peace that comes from Christ's finished work that people so desperately need and don't have. Did you know that whenever people fall for even just one of Satan's schemes, whatever it is, and... and It's hard to even imagine that because we all fall for so many of them all the time. The gospel of peace cuts through it all. And without the gospel of peace, they will have no peace. You're ready to share the most important thing anyone could hear in this battle for souls. Because your soul has peace in Christ. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Don't you think it's fun to make everything backfire on Satan when he sends you a scheme and you respond with trust in Christ? Yeah, whatever. That flaming arrow is going to turn into a ping pong ball, something that will never hurt me because I take Jesus at his word and I'm living in his truth. Take the helmet of salvation. The most important part, our head, is protected by Christ's finished work. We are saved today. It's already finished. And 
Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That one's worth noticing a little bit because all of the other ones we've talked about so far, the weapons, the armor, they are defensive. And while the sword also could be defensive, it just as easily, maybe even more often, goes on the attack. It's offensive. Because the kingdom of God doesn't just survive, it also advances. The sword of the Spirit can penetrate any soul to the core. It can get through any excuse. It can clear up any confusion about a scheme or a lie and help somebody say, I am a sinner. I am repentant. I have a Savior who has already finished His work. And that's why I can stand against this scheme. And then the last three verses talk about us standing together, that we pray on all occasions for any reason for each other as fellow Christian soldiers fighting the same battle against the common enemy. What does that look like realistically? What does a Christian look like and sound like when they're wearing the armor of God, fighting not against flesh and blood, but against the devil and his schemes? Well, first of all, you live in the truth. You aren't buckled under the crushing blow of guilt and shame because you live in the truth. Christ's finished work has finished my sinfulness and what God would have to say about it. I am not an object of His wrath any longer. I'm an object of His love and I always will be. I don't have to follow these schemes that supposedly promise some sort of happiness on earth because I already have happiness in heaven waiting. And I know that real happiness comes not from sinning, but from repenting and knowing Christ forgives me. That is real happiness. That's someone wearing the armor of God. Someone wearing the armor of God has it very clear in their mind and heart that when they see problems in the world, when rockiness comes to some relationship of theirs, they are not fighting flesh and blood. They do not see that other human being as the main source of their agitation and difficulty. Instead, they see the devil and his schemes behind it all. And they're fighting him off. And they're praying for him to be destroyed. And wanting to share peace and truth with the person with whom they have the rocky relationship. Wow! Won't that make the devil mad? Doesn't that make him stomp around in frustration when his, his temptations and schemes backfire like that? One last way that I like to describe someone with the armor of God, what they look like, what they sound like, is one that, that just happened recently to a friend of mine. His family celebrated the 50th anniversary of his parents. And everybody got together for a, a nice, big, wonderful celebration. And then suddenly, a couple of weeks after that, the, the wife slash mother slash grandmother had a, a terrible stroke. 
And she was airlifted to the hospital and they thought that it's going to be a while in rehab, but she's going to recover. At least some of, of what happened, uh, the damage will be able to hopefully be reversed. But then as the days and then a couple of weeks went by, they eventually learned that stroke was far more damaging than we thought. And uh, hospice care is the next step. The family was crushed. But as they are sitting together in the funeral, the organ begins to play the hymn. He's risen, he's risen, Christ Jesus the Lord. He's opened death's dark prison with his incarnate word. And the widower leans over to his family and says, Take that, Satan! That's wearing the armor of God. You do that. You pray for others to do that. The only one who loses in that arrangement is the devil. Onward, Christian soldiers. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.